This time on Holy Ghost Notes. I can't play drums and think about God. <laughs> I'm not I'm not even gonna subject myself to that. All these things are what make you attractive. Pretentious Tim shines through. <laughs> That's me. You're describing me. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Holy Ghost Nerds podcast. My name is Matt and I'm with my co-host Tim Anderson. What's up? <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but the last intro was better. <laughs> yeah, it was actually more creative. It was, much but, more. <sighs> I just feel like my brain's fried and the reason for that is because I've been playing drums, but it's probably good for me to switch gears and learn how yeah. to speak again because drumming is something I'm good at and... Um, Speaking is something I need to work on. So let's yeah. let's work on this together instead, <laughs> <laughs> instead of it being me just playing drum beats. Yeah. And you interpreting what I'm playing based on I don't know, the emotion or the cadence yeah, of what yeah. I play. Are it you was a, fun? Are you a runner? Do you do you run ever? Like go for uh, runs? No, I do not. Okay. Well, so um when you go for a run say you you know you finish your goal i want to run a mile or two miles or whatever it is you, you hit that goal and then you stop right. running you're not actually right. supposed to stop moving you're supposed to mm -hmm. like keep walking a little bit maybe jog kind of get it out right. of your system um mm -hmm. a lot of people just stop running they go they stretch they sit down but you're actually supposed to keep moving and kind of work that heartbeat you know your heart rate back down i think it's kind of like that with you and drumming like you practice and you can't just stop mm -hmm. you can't just like okay i'm done getting off the kit you That's gotta true. have to like work it out of your system a little bit and then uh, yeah uh, it, this happens to me on, on tour i'll finish playing yeah and i can't just stop being crazy like i am on drums it's <laughs> like <laughs> i'll be trying to talk down. to fans at the barricade <laughs> and i just trip over my words which i used to stutter so it would be easy to connect it to that but i honestly think it's a separate thing where i'm in drum mode yeah, and I it's hard for me to switch out of that mode and use words <laughs> instead of <laughs> think about drum beats and then create them. Um, so it, it's always been like this. I remember when I was a kid, I I was living at home, and my sister Joanna's I don't know six years younger than me. I came into the house and I was trying to talk to her about something, or no, she was trying to talk to me about something. Mm. That was the whole thing, and I was writing drums for messengers. So this would have been like. This would have been like 2007. And Tim, she's like trying to ask me something really simple. She has a question and I just can't <laughs> handle it because my brain is fried and it's just cycling these drum yeah. beats that I'm trying to remember and fearing that I'll forget. Right. And I just blurted out like, don't love me. Don't talk to me. Don't feed me. Don't look at me. Don't hug me. Ah! <laughs> and she just looked at me and I looked at her and I was like, Sorry. <laughs> it's still something we talk about today, but it, that's the way it's always been for me. And yeah. if you're a drummer and you're listening to this, maybe you have that, that shared experience where you get done playing drums and your brain is just firing off ideas yeah. and you've been using a different part of your brain than what you used to speak yeah. and what you used to do basically everything else in life, which is why drumming's so mm -hmm. good for you. I just saw a Drumio ad last night that was really well done. Drumio ad, I should say it's more slowly. Slower. <laughs> there we go. And the ad was just incredible. Um, so the owner is Jared, and he was talking about how drumming or playing an instrument is really good for your brain. 
Mm-hmm. Makes you happy. Yeah. And it just has a lot of benefits. The one drawback is that if you're trying to talk to your spouse, as soon as you get done playing drums, maybe just <laughs> let her know in advance. <laughs> hey, it's only been two minutes since I put down the sticks. We have like a 15-minute rule where like anything I say right now might sound crazy. I'm still in that window, so just, ha- yeah. you know, hang on. <laughs> right, right. That's funny. Yeah, in pre-roll, we were talking a little bit about um, my lack of playing uh, as of late. And uh, I think part of it for me is like there is time in the day where I could come down for like 10 minutes. But I know in my head that... That first five minutes is is just me getting back into the 100%. swing of things. And then even if I get five minutes of play, which would be amazing, five minutes of actual, like, I'm in the groove, I'm in the zone, I can't just stop there. Like, ten minutes for me, as, mu- as much time as that is, or might seem, like, might sound like to some people, like my, my wife, just go down and play for, like, ten minutes. Ten minutes is a tease. It's like, it's, it's nothing. like, it's like, I'm not. I'm not even going to subject myself to that. <laughs> no, like, I I actually agree with you on this. It's ridiculous. It, it, I That's think why it I don't would play. be a waste of time mm-hmm. to come down and play for ten minutes. It would actually be a, more a discouraging. And I yeah, it's like getting me hyped up for for nothing, and then I just have to it, work myself down without playing. If you had thirty minutes, yeah. it would take you ten minutes to get everything on and situated. Another ten minutes to feel. Like you're starting to play drums again. You remember mm-hmm. you're not breaking a sweat yet, but then like the last 10 minutes would be like, okay, here we go. So even 30 minutes yeah, is tight. Like I need 45 to even feel like I'm starting to play. Yeah. Until you turn on Pro Tools. In my case, Pro Tools, my SQ5, turn on my ears. I'm sitting down on my kit. I know what I'm going to work on. Like it, Things are relatively just, tuned up. Yeah, tuned yep. up. You feel warmed up. 45 minutes. So I, I mm-hmm. totally agree with you. Yeah, like, I, tough, I know man. what you're saying. I've, I've been thinking about this a lot. Like, how much time do I need? I'm trying to practice two and a half to four hours a day That's right great. now. I put about 20 hours in the last eight days. That's Actually, awesome. I'm at like 22. 22 <clears throat> and I'm sure it makes a difference. Like you notice like when you're playing consistently, um, how much better you feel how much better you, you know, like sit, coming back. You, you don't need that 10-minute warm-up because you're already locked in. It's like sitting back down after 20 hours of playing is very different than sitting down after not <laughs> playing for yeah. months or weeks <laughs> or days. You know, it's crazy. For 20 months. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. <clears throat> so for, for those of you listening, I, I, so I haven't posted a drum video since August. Um, that might have been the last time that I played for an extended period of time. Up until this past week, okay, where I actually yes, went to I can't a worship wait to hear rehearsal and played on a Sunday morning. It took a lot, <laughs> and yeah, you know, I'm the sure. whole time is as excited as I was to play drums. I was also like, um, I just don't feel like doing this. <laughs> like, I did not want to go to rehearsal at 7 p.m. on a weekday after I'd worked all day and gotten the kids home and just wanted to relax and go to bed and you know and i didn't want to wake up early on sunday to, <laughs> to go there either like it was just like there's nothing How about was it, it sounded good i only had to be there at like seven it wasn't that bad still, but early still enough sunday yeah mm-hmm. on a sunday um and uh so i didn't feel like doing it but it was good and i posted a picture on my story on instagram and and facebook i guess it posts to both and uh 
I got to say, I got more reactions and messages and like more responses from people on that story than probably any other story I've ever posted ever, mm -hmm. I think. Uh, you know, even if it was just like a fire emoji or a heart emoji, but like lots mm -hmm. of people actually sent me messages like, oh, dude, I hope you took video. <laughs> I didn't take yeah. video. But, um, you know, just lots, lots of positive responses, which I thought was kind of cool and kind of interesting. I guess at this point it's pretty well known to people that I, I don't play as much as I used to and haven't been able to. So in a way this was kind of like a, a win uh, you know, Absolutely. got me back on the kit in, in one way or another. Um, but what that songs experience, did you play? Sorry uh, to cut you off. No, it's all right. We, um, we played, oh, actually this was interesting because two of the songs that we've had those drummers on the podcast. Um, so, so the one song was the citizens rendition of, um, that one hymn. And now, now it's slipping my mind, but you know, Adam Scatula, of course, yeah. um, played drums on that that version um it's like da, 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 da. i'm trying to remember what the words are um hmm. but so we started off with that I one i like that band yeah they're great um we started off with that one and then we went into a song by now it's by hillsong but we did a different version of it mm. um and i don't remember the name of that either <laughs> okay. really should. it should <laughs> and then we played a um uh, another one by. I don't really guys. I don't. I don't listen to worship so music. All I will say is that when I was the set list was sent to me, <laughs> I had never heard any of the songs except for the hymn, but I hadn't heard Citizen's version of it. So I binged listened to all these songs, and I didn't practice them at all. But I committed how to play them to memory. So I was ready to play them. I knew like the measures and everything. Got you didn't to rehearsal on your I kit at all. I didn't play on my kit at all, but it's okay though. I'm pretty good. At, like if I yeah. listen to it enough, I can sit down and I'll know it and I'll know how to play. <laughs> like I had committed the the you know um, the BPM, so I knew like yeah. my internal clock was going to be fine. But I sat down to play them, played it, you know, as it's played on the album, and pretty much was told, "Don't play it that way. We're not playing it that way." <laughs> oh, so I had to. Learned to play it a new way on Wednesday. <laughs> and <laughs> it was actually this one part uh, in the one song, and I wish I remembered what the name of it was. Uh, there's this one part when I was listening to it, I was like, man, this is so cool. I can't wait to play this on Sunday. This is like my favorite part in the song. And we yeah. didn't play it. <laughs> yeah, you didn't play it. Yeah. Didn't play it. <laughs> okay, so it's, it's the songs were Nothing But the Blood by Citizens, uh, Come Alive by The Belonging Company or Belonging Co. And then Maverick City's Rest on Us. So mm. Harold Harold Brown played drums That's on that funny. one. So wow. yeah, I thought it was pretty pretty funny. But yeah, we had a we had a good time. It ended up sounding good, you know, on Sunday morning. And uh, mm -hmm. you know, it's good time. Do you guys play to a click? Do you guys use planning? No, center? that was the other thing. So so this is this entire experience uh, inspired our topics today, which okay. which is uh, comfort zone or getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Um, and this is primarily the reason for it. <laughs> um, and you're, you're hitting on it. We might as well just jump right into it. Um, so, yeah. So, no, we don't, we, at some point, we probably will play to a click, but we did not play to a click mm -hmm. on Sunday. Okay. Um, which I have a lot of experience in my life not playing to a click 
not knowing what measures, how many measures a certain part's going to be and just kind of free play. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually something that's really, I think, benefited me ultimately. Um, but more recently, I've had this room that we're in, this controlled room uh, with soundproofing. The kit's mic'd up. I have my in-ears on. I'm playing to a click in most cases. Um, and I can play as hard as I want. Uh, you know, and it's just a certain level of comfort. I'm not playing with anybody. Sometimes I'm playing to a session um, or there's like virtual collaboration, but I'm not mm. in the room with anybody playing, getting judged, whatever. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot more freedom um, to do what I want, when I want, how I want to do it. Mm-hmm. In this case, you know, I show up to church on Sunday. Um, we're sharing uh, an old church building with another church. Um, it's an old, uh, almost like cathedral style. I mean, like stained glass windows, uh, you know, steeple, church bell, everything, you know, the works. Um, cool. So the sound in that sanctuary is crazy. Um, but I get there, you know, we're not playing to a click. Um, the kit set up and I start by using lightning rods, <laughs> which Did are like really? just bundled bamboo sticks, basically, yeah. uh, to cut down on, on sound. Uh, and on Sunday I did play with full sticks, but, um, and then we just have like a, you know, six, seven panel plexiglass shield in front, you know? Okay. And, um, so this is, it's not something I haven't experienced before, but it is so different than mm. anything I've experienced in the last five, six years of drumming. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've only played live maybe once or twice since my son was born mm. with a band. You know, so this was kind of like my first uh, live, not, it's not really a performance, but my first live performance, my first time playing with other musicians in a live setting mm-hmm. in like six years. Um, so it was, it was cool. I was actually pretty comfortable. I thought I'd be more uncomfortable with it um, just because mm-hmm. it was so different. But it got me thinking about like how I take my setup for granted a little bit um, and, you know, how, you know, some days I really miss playing with other musicians. Some days I really um, just want to be back in a band playing shows. But when I'm actually doing it again, <laughs> I think like, man, I kind of really like just being able to walk downstairs, hop on the kit, play whatever I want, mm-hmm. then be done. No commitments. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? Got everything set up here already. No yeah. setup, no teardown. You know, it's just exactly. kind of a nice, uh, it's kind of nice. Um, right. But uh, I was thinking about you, Matt, and kind of the contrast between the position you're in and the position you were in, you know, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And wondering how, like that might look. So here's, here's the situation I wanted to propose to you just to Mm -hmm. see what your thoughts are. So take, take yourself now, you know, when you go to a show, you have a crew that sets up your gear for you. Um, you know, you show up for sound check real quick, but you know, everything's pretty much going to run without a hitch for the most part. There might be some issues Mm -hmm. here and there, but for the most part, everything's going to work out. Um, you just have to sit on your kit with the drum riser Mm-hmm. Get up there, do your thing. You got clicks, mm-hmm. you got in ears, you got backing tracks. Your band knows what they're doing. Um, so, you know, different city every night. Kind of just do the same thing for the most part, with subtle differences each night. But for the most part, everything's the same. Mm-hmm. If you were to go back now 
and play a show without your in-ears, mm-hmm. no clicks, playing with your band, just their amps are mic'd up, maybe, maybe not. Maybe they're just on, sitting on the floor next to you. Um, and, uh, you know, <laughs> who knows? Like <laughs> American Legion. Like in, yeah, an American Legion Hall. <laughs> yeah. Um, and try to pull off a performance like you, you know, the, the standard of performance that you hold yourself to now. Mm-hmm. How comfortable would you feel going into that situation? It's a good question. I think that you would get a stronger response from someone in my band than you will me. Mm. I miss the days of volume on stage, honestly. Yeah. I, I've talked about this recently. I, I, so for those of you that don't really know how it works, it's, it's kind of tricky and surprising to a lot of people in that the only thing making noise on stage is me hitting drums and cymbals and Jake screaming with his body, right. you know, with his mouth. Well, it's really his diaphragm. JB, Brent, and Dustin are all running right through. <laughs> They're not going through cabs. There is no guitar volume, bass volume coming from stage. Mm. It's all direct. And um, that's different than how it used to be. There's also no monitors on stage. So when I hit the kick drum, there's no beef to it. It's just me monitoring everything in my ears, mm. which sound good, crystal clear, but there's not the you know the power of your kick and there's yeah. not the ambience of volume on stage <clears throat> and i am the kind of drummer i think a lot of drummers are like this and that they feel more comfortable when there is more ambience when there mm. is more life and feel because you're creating feeling with your drumming you're not right. just you're not just hitting things in time there's actually nuanced playing there's nuances to your playing that um that 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 give the music feel and so i don't think it would be that uncomfortable for me because i like the ambience of a room even if we're playing Mm. a room yeah like there's a place in new york city that is really dry used to be called uh, playstation theater in new york city times square Mm-hmm. It's really dry, notoriously. Like people know, there's 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 no reverb, there's no natural reverb in the room. It's just very cut and dry, and it's uncomfortable playing there for all of us because we know you can hear every little mistake. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the cool things about playing with actual volume on stage, playing with more um, noise, if you will, stage volume, is that you just feel comfy you feel comfier yeah it's it's more of a comfortable thing it's less robotic Mm. and um so i'd say it's more it's more out of my comfort zone to do what we've been doing the last that's interesting 12 13 years which is Mm -hmm. very professional everything's to the click i like the click no problem there it's just more so the how robotic and programmed and by the book everything is yeah. So that we sound tight. Now, that's contrast the way ABR does it with the way Killswitch does it. They play everything without a click. Hmm. Yeah. They do not use click track for uh, I think think their entire set. Justin just sets the sets the tempo. Mm-hmm. And 
it's more of that rock and roll punk rock you know mentality they've been yeah. a band for longer than us but they sound awesome live so however you need to do it so that you sound good live great but i will yeah. say it's a it's a challenge for me it's something that keeps me up at night at times if i wake up in the middle of the night with a little bit of a nightmare it's usually like a stage nightmare where it's mm. just like i walked out and i forgot how to play drums or i walked out and i <laughs> right. started playing and i got off the click those are the kinds of things you think about as a drummer as a musician who's touring yeah. a lot playing these shows right um so okay how do you do that you you do the best you can right but i would say the stage in general is out of my comfort zone mm -hmm. it's it's not a comfortable place for me it's more of like a challenge and you rise mm. to the occasion and you do it you do yeah. the thing as, as as best you can and you just keep doing that you keep getting better but i wouldn't say that i'm uncomfortable until i get to the stage today or 15 years ago and and then i'm comfortable yeah um i don't so conversely really you're the spotlight you know, you know 17 18 20 year old self having to switch and play on a stage at the level that you're playing now in the way that you play it now would actually be stepping out of a comfort zone. I think so. Technically. I really yeah. do. I, yeah. I, I, I think you're right about that. It's, it's okay. Here's a really good example of this. If we're playing a show and it's like kind of a crappy venue, it's, it's an outdoor stage or like the PA is not that great. And mm -hmm. uh, you can hear the PA speakers from stage because they're not, it's not engineered the right way. Yeah. I actually don't mind that because it's kind of like, oh, sweet. Yeah. Like, home this sweet is, home. <laughs> this is like kind of more punk rock. Like, mm -hmm. and it could be that the stakes aren't as high, but it, it could also be that it's just, it's more fun to not for me to not have every single thing be like do 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 yeah. do it has to be all these things because that means creativity. I have to be one of those things too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, being the drummer in a band where your kick drum is mixed loud and it kind of creates the sound of your band right. that is a lot to take on mentally. It's true. That is true. I never thought about it that way. So what about what about um, like playing on a Sunday morning? Like if you were to go back to uh, CCC and mm -hmm. sit up on that <laughs> kit. <laughs> no structure to the songs. You might not even know how many measures you're playing the chorus or the or the verse or the bridge. But no you're problem. just going to get up there and go up there. Yeah. No problem. No problem. It's it's like farming for me. The stakes the stakes are very low mm -hmm. and it's not about me. Yeah. It's the other thing about ABR. The five of us in the band carry this weight of performing well putting on a show every night with with worship that weight is completely off you it should be mm. in a sense yep. where you're doing the best you can to not get noticed which yeah. means you're playing things in a way that are appropriate and not showy mm -hmm. and help people get out of whatever busy zone they're in and like enter into worship with god and i yeah. i think that that's a really special thing the problem with that me is, is yeah i can't just play drums and I can't play drums and think about God. <laughs> like if, I'm, if I'm playing drums and performing, and so I choose not to play for yeah. church because I feel weird about it. Like you're performing too hard and yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get you. I'm actually the opposite. I feel like I can sit back and, and actually focus on worship because I don't have to concentrate on playing as much. It's a little bit more second oh, really? nature. Um, 
at least for worship. But I've been playing. I probably played more worship sets than anything else in my life. So it's that's true. Probably comes with the territory. But you answered those questions exactly how I was hoping you would because I think the uh, the thing that I'm drawing out of this and the thing that I realized about myself on Sunday was that I think your comfort zone has a lot to do with the pressure that is put on you or that you put on yourself. Less to do with the actual situation. You You thought you were going to surprise me. I thought I was going to surprise you. Like I thought I was going to say something that was the opposite, but it's really interesting you say that because that's exactly how I feel. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I was going because I thought I would be stepping out of my comfort zone. Like when I put that, that situationally, like I'm sitting on a kit that's not mine that I've never played on before with a group of people I've never played with before, uh, six years after you know playing any type of music with any other musicians in a live setting, in a cathedral-style building with a seven-panel plexiglass shield playing on lightning rods, like you would, th- I thought in my head, this is mm-hmm. going to be very uncomfortable. Yeah. But then I sat there and I was like, there is no pressure on me. Mm-hmm. I'm up here with the worship team about to lead a church service, nothing else matters. It's very little pressure to perform. Mm-hmm. If I mess up, who cares? It's Agreed. not about me. It's not about how good it sounds. It's about mm-hmm. the worship experience. And so... Mm-hmm. Agreed. So I, that kind of is where I landed was like, situationally, nothing... It doesn't make it more or less uncomfortable, even though it might sound mm-hmm. like it might be. It's actually the Agreed. amount of pressure that you put on yourself or that is put on you in that situation. So I personally think um, that as a drummer, you should try to branch out and put yourself in uncomfortable situations because ultimately what it's doing is it's preparing you um, mm-hmm. to you know, handle those situations that will at some, at some point come along right Mm -hmm. um and it's making you a better drummer overall but i think how it can be combated uh or approached is just you know whatever like doing whatever you need to do to alleviate some of that pressure you know take some Mm -hmm. of that pressure off yourself sometimes it's just you in your head as we've talked about Mm -hmm. in every Mm -hmm. single podcast episode since we started Mm -hmm. it's that it is a it's a mind thing it's a mind game um but if you take some of that pressure off it feels a little bit more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and in some cases, that's going to be pressure put on you by others. But I think ultimately, if you're, if you're telling yourself, I- I'm comfortable, this is fine, there's no pressure, like, mm-hmm. just play, <laughs> yep. then it's, it's, it's actually going to be a better performance or a better experience for you. I, I have some advice on how to do that. Okay. <clears throat> I, I, I had my drum tech out this week, Spencer. He came on Monday, and I've never done this before, but I had him come to my house from Jersey, and he helped me order gear for our 20-year tour, which starts in February. And I, more importantly than that, wanted him to sit down with me as I was playing and watch my technique, make sure my setup was right, and just pick his brain. So we did all of those things. We ordered mm-hmm. gear for the February tour. I sat down and I played and he observed and gave critical comments slash encouragement. Well, not really encouragement, but just like, yeah, that looks good. Mm-hmm. Confirmation. Yeah. 
and uh, and then and then I asked him about a few things like my practice schedule or my practice flow, and I learned something that uh, I didn't really know before, which was when I start playing, I usually start on my pads and I do these thing I do these workouts that are kind of endurance runs slash technique uh, technique builders. So I'll sit and I'll play I'll play American Grip. Uh, I'll, like I'll use a lot of ankle or, or um, I'll use a lot of wrist, a lot of wrist. Mm-hmm. 16th notes and then I'll switch to French and I'll use a lot of fingers yeah it's so like one e into two e into three e into four e into one bar and without stopping I'll switch technique and use a lot of fingers right one e into two e into three e into four e into back three four back two three four back or twice as long as that I yeah, think is yeah. what I do so you do that for like Five ten. That's minutes. a great. I've never even thought about doing that exercise. That's brilliant. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking, right? You're thinking about your yeah. technique. Maybe you're looking in the mirror. You're really focused. You're playing on a pad. You're not actually drumming. You're just practicing. Mm-hmm. And I consider that conditioning, endurance, technique. You're thinking with your brain a lot. It's not really performing. Yeah. It's not performing at all. That's one. That's box one. <laughs> and I usually do that for like 20 to 40 minutes. And then box two, this is what I wasn't doing, was save box two for just the mirrors beside your kit and you're practicing parts that you're not great at. And maybe you're doing like the Speedy Alex double kick workout or you're doing more technique stuff. But you're thinking, mm-hmm. you're still thinking about how you're sitting, how you're holding the stick, what you're doing, what your technique is, what your form is. So... I wasn't doing that. I was just, I was just doing that while performing. Mm-hmm. Like I was combining the two. Yeah. Spencer's like, no, 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 no. When you, when you get to the performance thing, don't do any of that. Cover up the mirror. Sit there and play hard like you're playing live. And don't worry about your technique. Don't worry about how you're sitting, how high you are, how far back from the kit you are, what your hand technique is. Don't worry about any of that stuff play like you're performing and so i started doing that and i i texted him later that day and i said question for you when i'm performing should i go as hard as i do live and he said yes unless you're having a tough day and then it's 85 percent so my advice would be if if you're not sure how to turn your brain off and when to turn your brain off um because you need to do that at some point. You need to just play. But it's it's also good to work on those things. So you you actually have to separate them. This time is for this. This time is for this. And then this time is just for performing. You're just going to play as hard as you can. Yeah. And I, I found that really helps because if I'm mm. performing, like I just was practicing on my kit, practicing for this tour... If I feel like, ah, oh, man, like uh, I don't really have that part down. Or like, wait, what was that, Phil? I, I just missed it. Yeah. I'm still playing the song, by the way. I'm just having this inner dialogue. Right. Or like, my feet don't feel right. Keep going. Just mm. stop thinking about that stuff. And I wasn't really doing that before. I was stopping after the song, and I was addressing the situation. And I think that that's detrimental to your playing because you're putting more focus on the part. Yeah, it's when, also practicing a stop and start where you might not actually have the ability to do that in a live situation. To do that yeah. live, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But you're telling your body, that wasn't good. I need <clears> to make <throat> it better. Instead mm-hmm. of like, instead of at times just pushing through, which is what yeah. that part's reserved for. There is a time for that, to stop and figure it out. Um, 
So yeah. I've really enjoyed that, and and well, I shouldn't say enjoyed it. It's kind of it's kind of been a pain in the butt because I want to fix it. But I think it's been helpful. It's yeah. been good practice. Yeah, you're not just like now. You're not just um, conditioning your body and committing things to muscle memory and working on your stamina and skill. You're actually conditioning your mentality in mm-hmm. your brain, the way you think about things, the way you approach things, and that ultimately is going to trickle down into the, to the rest. I almost see it like a like a like a breaker. Like you have mm-hmm. a bunch of switches and you're basically just turning off certain switches, only engaging certain aspects of your drumming at the right time so that when you have them all turned on, they're all mm-hmm. functioning the right way. They're all conditioned. Right. It's, it's right. interesting. That's a cool way to approach it, I think. Yeah, I think it was really good advice. Oh, oh, and this is what Spencer said too. I told Annie about it later and she's like, wow, that's really good. He told me, he's like, when babies learn, they don't think about the fact that they're learning. Mm-hmm. They're just soaking up information and then doing it. Yeah. Or saying it. Right. Or responding to it. And it's like, that's what you need to do as a drummer. You, you're thinking about the fact that you're learning. Right. More than you're just learning and then trusting the fact that you have it and now go do it. Right. I was like, wow, that is really, really insightful. Yeah. I like that. So in other words, stop being so neurotic. Just be a sponge. You're (laughs) you're being very neurotic about how you do things at times Yeah. as a musician, as a drummer. And uh, there's a time and a place to think about that stuff. And then at a certain point, turn it off and just go. Yeah. Which is hard for for someone like you, I know. Mm -hmm. You're a perfectionist and nitpicky about every little thing that you're doing wrong. So you're going to... I am, but I'm learning that a little bit. Yeah, it is. A, it's a, it's an everyday struggle, but yeah. I'd say it's like we're talking about comfort zones here. I I'd say getting out of my comfort zone means stopping, stop looking at anything beyond just doing the best that you can, mm-hmm. and that's not going to be perfect because we all know no one is. So so. Your comfort zone is aim for perfection and then work on all that perfect stuff, work on all that perfect stuff. Getting out of the comfort zone means <laughs> being like, all right, this is the best I can do right now. Good. Great. Pat on the back. Move on. Yeah. Uh, th- that is an uncomfortable thing for me right now. Right. I'm, I'm getting better at it. It's getting <laughs> a little more comfortable, but that is out of my comfort zone. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think what we should strive to do is continue to stretch ourselves by stepping out of that comfort zone. You know, you hear like that phrase, like in the zone, I'm in the zone. And that pretty much just means like you're, you know, you're uh, in nirvana mm-hmm. <laughs> in a way. Like you're yeah. just, everything's perfect. You're floating. Utopia. You're like, you don't have to think about anything else. Um, but in order to actually improve and continue to further your your skills, you have to step out of that comfort zone. And that's mm-hmm. going to be different for all of us. You know, some of us feel comfortable with different things. So I think that's one thing to understand is that, you know, Matt and I are explaining situations that feel uncomfortable to us, but those might not be the things that make you uncomfortable. So by mm-hmm. practicing these things, <laughs> it might not mm-hmm. actually be practicing the things that you need to step out into. Um, 
So I would say if we're going to just be pragmatic about this, like find your find where your comfort zone ends. Where where is that limit? And start stepping out of that a little bit. And mm-hmm. what that is to you is going to vary. Could be posting something. I think I saw one of the inner, inner circle members um, said something about just you know having a bunch of content. They are comfortable playing music, creating creating music, but when it comes to sharing that music or putting it out there, that's where that comfort zone line is drawn. Mm-hmm. And so they they you know they said this year I want to put music out mm-hmm. and stop thinking about what people are going to think or how they're going to respond or are they going to listen or or not you know and and step out of that and i think that's a really healthy thing to do because ultimately you'll never release music if that's your goal mm-hmm. you'll never release music if you never release music i know right. it sounds dumb but i mean if that's mm-hmm. where your comfort zone ends that's where your limit is that's where you're limiting yourself so so no limits don't limit yourself mm-hmm. based on what's comfortable um, because you'll find with time and practice um, and even additional discomfort and maybe hurt in the releasing music, you might get some bad critiques. Maybe no one listens. Maybe no one cares. That might hurt a little bit, but ultimately <laughs> you, <laughs> it's going to teach you something and hopefully mm-hmm. you respond in a way that uh, inspires growth. So, yeah. Uh-huh. I think yeah. uh, one thing I'd add to that, that it you just talked about that and made me think of this. I recorded videos last year on my GoPro and never even really looked at them. I felt like I played pretty well, played a bunch of songs. I went back and looked at them and in organizing my my hard drive. (laughs) And guess what? I played very well in hindsight. But in the moment, I was like, I wouldn't post that. Mm -hmm. And I look back on it and I say, oh, yeah, this is awesome. I'm really stoked on this. So if you're the kind of person like me who finishes playing for the day and you're like, ah, I don't know, at least record it, right? Maybe record once a month this year Hmm. and every so often look back at the prior month or the beginning of the year and, and, and watch. And I think you'll be pleasantly surprised and say, wow, this is cool. I I'd like to post this. Mm Mm-hmm. The, the psychology behind that is you think you can always get better, and you can. So you finish practice today, and you say, well, it's good. yeah, it's all right, but I want to wait another week. Yeah. And a week comes, and you're like, ah, right? You're constantly chasing that rainbow. So record today so that next month you can be like, oh, my gosh, that actually sounds really good. Well, the reason you're able to say that is because you know it was last month. It wasn't today. Yeah. Right. That's true. That's definitely how it is with music for me. There are songs that I've just never finished because I was like, eh, you know, mm-hmm. in a year or two from now, I'll be able to write this better than I can right now. But then I'll go back and be like, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Why didn't I finish this? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is just as good as, if not better than what I can do now. Like, I know. <laughs> I might have missed my opportunity. <laughs> you right. Know? Like your covers that you post from, from a while ago are good. Like, yeah, I recorded this five years ago. It's like, what? Yeah. Seriously? It's true. It's true. Sometimes I repost those because they're better than what I can do right now. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, that's good. That's good. Our uh, our faith topic today, or our life topic, is actually kind of uh, mirroring this this idea. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm basically just taking the same concept 
and removing the drum aspect, <laughs> more mm -hmm. or less. Um, and the reason why is because as my mind was going through this, I realized how applicable this is to all of our lives. Um, so I'm going to tell another story. Um, I've had, I've probably had five or six conversations with different people about their love lives. I don't know why people feel like they can <laughs> talk to me about this. Maybe it's because I'm married or because I have kids or, or something, but, but people for whatever reason always talk to me about this and, and it's, and these conversations that I'm, that I'm thinking of specifically are like, I can't like, they're, they're telling me that they can't find somebody or they're giving up on love. Like I'll never find the right person for me. And every single instance, <laughs> these people have a circle of friends that they do not step away from. Mm -hmm. They have a circle of influence or a certain routine, certain places that they visit that they, you know, they go to the same restaurants, they go to the same uh, Bible study group, they have the same friends that they've had since high school, uh, mm -hmm. they do the same things that they've done for the last 10, 15, 20 years. Mm -hmm. And they're telling me, I'll never find anybody. And what I've said back to them is, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> uh <-huh>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know why you're not going to find anybody? It's because you don't try to step out, to branch out at all. Hmm. Like, well, I don't really feel comfortable doing that. Like, why would I go to this place that I've never been to? I don't know anyone there. Well, that's the idea. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you don't know anybody there. <laughs> you're not going to find anyone new if you don't talk to somebody you don't know. Um <laughs> And this, this may sound silly to a lot of you. Um, some of you listening might even be like, wow, that's a good point. I should really, <laughs> really should try that. Um, mm -hmm. But what these conversations that began with relationships and, and love uh, as the, you know, icebreaker usually went into more spiritual conversations like just the fact that when you stay within your bubble, when you create a comfort zone for yourself in life and you don't step outside of that, you're never going to grow as a person. Mm -hmm. You're just going, you, you know, you have the same opinions and the same, uh, influences. And some of those opinions might change because those other people might have stepped outside of that bubble and mm -hmm. brought their, those new fresh ideas and opinions in. But ultimately if you're just sitting inside of that bubble, that comfort zone, there's no room for growth. You're not allowing yourself to experience life in a bigger way. Mm -hmm. And um, so a lot of times, and I think you've actually mentioned a couple conversations, at least privately to me, about this, Matt. And mm -hmm. I think your advice is usually like, before you start jumping to relationships and love, mm -hmm. you know, experience the world a little bit for yourself. Be, mm -hmm. be someone who's a little bit more cultured and a little bit more... Uh, experienced <laughs> in mm -hmm. life because yeah. what you bring to the table is ultimately going to affect, affect that rela relationship in the long run. If you haven't right. experienced these things, then you're not mature enough to even, you know, have this relationship mm -hmm. with this other mm -hmm. person. Um, yeah, I was talking so, to a friend, yeah. uh, I don't know, this is two two years ago, and he was talking about how I just, I can't find anybody. Mm -hmm. No matter what I do, no matter what, I just, I, I can't find anybody. And he was actually traveling a lot. He wasn't just in town yeah. working the same job. So it wasn't that. He was meeting a lot of new people. 
But um, I, I picked up pretty quickly the fact that he had as his ideal finding a partner. Mm. And that's the thing that mattered the most. And, right. I, and I said to him, I said, what if you fast forward and you, you found somebody and, and now you're together, right? Maybe, maybe you're even married. And uh, the person says to you, so, so what do you like? You know, or what do you dislike? What do you love? What do you hate? Where, what are your views on this or that? And you just, or what are your hobbies? Yeah. And you're like, oh, I'm, I, 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 I don't know. I, you, you know, I could, and you just really don't have I've anything. For you my entire life. <laughs> I've been, I've been, I've been looking for you my entire life. Well, now you have me, but who are you? Yeah. Right. So with this time, being a, being attractive partner future partner by living life right now Mm -hmm. pick up a new hobby travel to a new place figure out what you like dislike love and hate and stand for and stand against and like all these things are what make you attractive to someone else Mm -hmm. they will be attracted to that in you or or unattracted that's right (laughs) i think that that you and i both being homeschooled Christian kids. Mm-hmm. Um, this is kind of like a really close to home topic. Yeah, um, and I think we are at a benefit because of our personalities. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't like, even though we might consider ourselves introverted in some ways, we are, we still have extrovert tendencies enough to where we feel comfortable talking to people mm-hmm. getting up on stage, you know, being the center of attention at times. That's not, that's not a deep fear, at least not for me. I don't know. You haven't expressed it to me, so I'm assuming it's not. Mm-mm. But, um, mm. you know, so, but I think a lot of people who were homeschooled and their only exterior touch points were youth group mm-hmm. <laughs> and church on a Sunday morning really struggle with this thing, mm-hmm. right? Because, um, you, you know, and especially like there's like pivotal, pi- uh, sorry, pivotal growth points in your life, like in your teenage years. And you always kind of go back to that. You always Mm kind of revert back to that. Like, (laughs) you know, people who go through trauma usually revert back to that age. You know, it's so, it's, it's interesting seeing how, um, detrimental it can be to just sit within that comfort zone and be too scared to step out of it. Like, Mm -hmm. The longer you wait to do it, the harder it gets almost, mm-hmm. right? And so now you have people who are, you know, older than me. I mean, 10, 15 years older than me talking to me like they talked to me when they were teenagers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and here I am, like, trying to, like, <laughs> it's, and it's, it's wild to me. Not, not in, like, maturity level necessarily or like language barriers or anything but just in where their head's at like what mm-hmm. interests them what's entertaining this you know they're yeah. still talking to the same people they were 20 years ago 25 yeah. years ago and it's just like <laughs> dude like have you done anything else since then like right. is, has anything changed in your life you know yeah. um and i don't want to like take this judgmentally i don't mm-hmm. like if that's where you're at and you're happy like right on man like that's that's great um but like if if you're the one that's saying why aren't these things happening like why mm-hmm. am why am i not meeting somebody why am i not growing why is nothing changing in my life why have i not learned anything new mm-hmm. take a look at the boundaries that you've set for yourself 
within your comfort zone. You know, like maybe or, you need to expand Tim, those a little bit. Or to that point, maybe there, maybe this person in question is saying, "Well, you know, why are you know why aren't these things happening to me?" And you say, "Well, because you you haven't done a whole lot to help yourself get to those." places to those mm. new places right you're, yeah you're in the same place how are you going to see a new place if you haven't left the old place <laughs> yeah but to but to that point too you have the type of person that looks at other people and expects them to be just like themselves that's me like you're describing wait, me like like <laughs> like why <laughs> <laughs> Pretentious Tim shines through. <laughs> That's me. You're describing me. <laughs> that was really funny. Yes. Judgmental Tim. Yes. Yeah. The name of this episode. Um, <laughs> I actually wasn't, but that's really good of you to see that in yourself because, yeah. okay, yeah, sure. We all have a little bit of that filth, right, in our hearts. Yeah, right. We look at other people and say, you know, look how messed up they are. And meanwhile... Biblical concept. Got a lot of surprise. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I was actually thinking more in terms of the person who hasn't branched out a whole lot and things are very structured and stable and small. It is Mm -hmm. a small world. And they expect or project that idea on others around them as if their lives operate in much the same way. Right. And they disregard experiences that someone else might have been through that they haven't experienced and think that life should just be the same for them and they should be at the same place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you talking about? You know, that's that's crazy talk. It's like, well, is yeah. it? Or is it just new to you? Yeah. And I think what what I found too is that actually sometimes that's just you you uh, you just make assumptions. And the, and the people mm-hmm. that are sometimes scared to branch out and step out of their comfort zone also haven't expressed to you the reasons why Mm. trauma or something that's happened. Maybe they tried to step out of that comfort zone and got slammed, you know, who knows? Mm -hmm. Like they, they have their own reasons for why. And, and you have to be cognizant of that and understanding towards it, which is what I struggle with. (laughs) Sometimes Mm -hmm. I just jump to the solution. (laughs) This is what you should do. Um, that's not always as easy for some people. Um, but I think it's, I think from, from our standpoint, homeschooled Christians, for whatever reason, even though it's not really a biblical concept, I've found that like in the church situation, sometimes it's like portrayed that you give your life to Jesus you, you pray the special prayer and things get easier that, you know, life gets comfortable, but that's mm-hmm. not actually what Jesus intended or promised. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just going to get easier because you're, because you're a Christian. In fact, in some cases it'll get harder. Um, and, and, and in many cases it will actually get easier because you have a different power that you're pulling from a different strength to handle situations, a different perspective to be able to see those situations for what they are. But life isn't necessarily going to get easier. Um, You're not supposed to just sit in church all day praying Mm -hmm. and worshiping. Like, that's not what Jesus wants. Mm -hmm. (laughs) In fact, the only thing he really told us to do was to go out 
and <laughs> tell the world, you know, I've been in, I've been in church services where like legit people just want to spend all day praying mm-hmm. in, in church. church and that's it. Yeah, and I've... that's like their, that's their serenity. That's where they feel like they're experiencing God. But I think like, that's probably not healthy, mm-hmm. <laughs> biblically speaking. Yeah. I, I, I think <laughs> right? for, I, I think everyone has a different calling. Well, that's it's true. Like there, that is true. there are some people who have a calling that, um, I could see, I could see some people built to just, you know, worship God and, mm-hmm. and, and just for the sake of worshiping God, like there's, there, there's some biblical context to this, you know, why are you so busy over there doing this and this and this and this and this? Oh, because it needs to be done. Yeah. But you're really missing out on being with me, right? It's like Jesus is saying True. this to someone who's spending time with him. But on the other side of the same coin, um, Life, it is a fact in life that if you experience hardship and challenges and setbacks, it is a, it is an opportunity for growth. Mm. Yep. And one thing is, is certain that, that life is about growing up and, and, and making growth in your mm. life. It's like a baby grows up. It doesn't stay a baby like this is something that's that's built into our mechanics our biology our psyche Mm -hmm. like we're constantly working to do things better than we did yesterday than our parents did than our grandparents did to teach our kids to do better than we did like it's it's this idea that's innate and so in order to do that at times you will have opportunities in life where you're you're faced, you face something hard and you have a decision to say, am I going to let this teach me and make me better? Or am I going to um, <laughs> become a, a bitter, cynical, thick-skinned person that doesn't experience growth and, ex- and instead builds you know, a wall? Right. I'm not going to yeah. let anybody in. This is my world. And I, I've seen a lot of growth in my life because I've seen a couple people that have lived their lives that way that are older than me. And I said, I just really don't want to be like that. Yeah. Um, now, the amazing thing about Christianity is that as much as we want to talk about other people doing things the wrong way, um, it's so important to look at ourselves and say, what can I do better? Because mm. my gosh, if if Peter denied Christ and yet Peter was called by Jesus after the fact, mm-hmm. then what does that say about the person that I'm judging today? They might be totally off track, right? Yeah. You might be, you might be listening to this thinking about someone in your life that is just like, yeah, but you don't know this guy, you know, or you don't know this girl. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're right. I don't, but, but, but Jesus does. And yeah. historically, he has actually chosen people who are really not qualified to do the kind of good that he has, yeah. can do from them. It's, it's mm-hmm. just an upside-down kingdom. And so that's I right. think th- that's why it brings us back to this place of like, okay, what can I do? Like, where's my heart? Because clearly, I am not the king of someone's heart, and I can't change someone. Um, but surely, you can look at your own. Yeah. And you can live Start a life. there. That is an example. <laughs> yeah. Start looking at yourself first <laughs> and then go from there. 
and then go from there. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. be a good friend. Yeah, right. Like if someone mm-hmm. is 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 hurting themselves or hurting someone else, be a good friend and do what you would hope someone would do for you. Step in, mm-hmm. you know, intervene. Say, hey, this is not okay. Or like, are you okay? Yeah. Is everything okay? What can I do for you? How can I support you? How can I love you? How can I encourage you? I'm sorry if I did something. Like, involve yourself in the situation as a means of of being helpful instead yeah. of looking at going, well, you know, I wouldn't do it that way, and that's pretty messed up. Stay away. <laughs> Locking the yeah. door. Yeah. Don't come in. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think I think um, this was more meant as, and I was using examples outside of myself to to prove a point but i think it's really important that this isn't applied to others <laughs> that you're yeah. not necessarily going out and encourage i'm encouraging you all to step out of your comfort zone but i'm not encouraging you to tell others hey you need to do this i'm i'm encouraging <laughs> yeah. you to look at yourself and 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 figure out where is the boundary and how can mm-hmm. i step past that because that is going to make me a better person both in drumming Absolutely. it's going to make me a better drummer uh, stepping out of that comfort zone, and it's going to make me a better person by mm-hmm. stepping out of that that comfort zone. And there's lots of passages in the Bible, and I should have prepared and pulled some of those, but there's lot there's lots of them uh, about this, about stepping out um, in faith. And I mm-hmm. think that's what we have to do. Um, yeah. yeah, don't don't be afraid of don't be afraid of what you don't understand. Uh, that's, that's something I think my parents did a really good job of, of working towards. Cause when mm. I started ABR, think about the scary world that they were hearing about. I was playing yeah. clubs, bars. I wasn't even old enough to drink mm-hmm. and I'm playing these places that are carting people at the door. Um, and I was like 18, yeah. you know, and they're like, what, what's our, what's Matt going to get into? He's, you know, look at the world that he's in. Well, yeah. Um, you just never know what what good that can do for someone to really solidify, fortify what is true in their life. Because now it's being tested. Now it's being put to the test. And that's what really makes faith your own. Mm-hmm. If it's constantly shielded from... Um, thing, from, from religions that are, that are different or non-religions or cultures or ways of life then it's just a cult. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> you don't have a choice in the matter. <laughs> Which it's just is the Truman Show. Not the you know, everyone's that. in on it. <laughs> yeah. Right, there's that, that verse that says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So if you're seeing a, a lack of freedom, it's mm-hmm. probably not where the Spirit of the Lord is. I mean, it goes mm-hmm. both ways, right? So I think, you know, to your point, like, it's scary, but what, what that did for you was it gave you perspective, Right. And there's Mm -hmm. all of these, like, especially nowadays, you see all these memes and these posts about how, you know, from one vantage point, this looks like a square. And from the opposite side, it's a circle. They're both right. They just have different Mm -hmm. perspectives. Right. It's how, it's where they're viewing this from. You know, the experience Mm -hmm. that they're having themselves doesn't mean one person's wrong or or right, just how they see it. And we're not going to be able to see the other side unless we go over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unless we right. join them <laughs> over there and see it from their perspective. My right? pastor so talks about this. Yeah. He says, so at my wedding, I don't know, uh, I don't think he brought this up uh, when I got married, but my pastor, Bryce Taylor is his name. He he has this really great analogy about if you're sitting at a table and you're, you have an aha in the middle, mm-hmm. 
uh, between you and the other person. And I oh my gosh, one. you also have an like-minded people. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, unbelievable. Okay, well, don't look at yours. Look at this one. <laughs> okay, I'm looking at yours. <laughs> you say, uh, well, I say, oh man, isn't the the branding's really good? Aha, A H A in big bold white letters. And you're like, I just see a bunch of nutritional facts. What do you mean? I don't. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, like it says aha, and you're like, mm, no, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Well, you're both right actually, but you need to come over here or I need to go over there and see what you're yeah. seeing. Mm-hmm. And that's the way a good relationship, a healthy relationship or a healthy marriage works. Yep. Because you're not going over, you're not involving yourself or seeing things from their perspective. Right. You're just arguing about what you see, which is true, but it's not, it doesn't make, it, it doesn't negate what they're seeing, which is yeah. also true. And so when you're looking at someone who might be outside of your comfort zone. You're looking at it saying, you're outside of my comfort zone. I see things this way and you see things that way. And it's like, well, wait a second, go over there and see what they see and then make a deduction from there about Mm -hmm. what it is. Yeah. But don't disagree about what they're seeing and say, oh, that's, that can't be right. Well, you haven't even been over there to see if it's right or wrong. Yeah. I'm dealing with that with food right now with my with my five, almost six-year-old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't like that. Well, if you never tried it, I will. I know I don't like it. Well, how do you know you don't like it? Uh-huh. Like all of a sudden the light bulb goes on. You're right. I haven't tried it yet. <laughs> I don't think I like it. <laughs> Eat your veggies. <laughs> it's a little uncomfortable, but this is really good. Up. Yeah, you're coming up on time. Thank you all for listening. Um, really appreciate you all. Um, we're coming up on 100 episodes on four Incredible. years crazy um and that is in a very large part thanks to our inner circle community if you're interested in yep. finding out more about that i'm not gonna go into too much detail but check out patreon.com slash holy ghost notes all the info's up there different tier levels of support but it keeps us going and uh, we love you guys uh new shout out to josh champagne thank you for your support man welcome yes. to the inner circle looking forward to getting welcome, to know you josh and yeah if you have any uh thoughts uh questions um, I would love to hear from you. Best place to start is probably checking out our social media, Instagram, at uh, Holy Ghost Notes, uh, Facebook, etc. Um, or you can email us, Matt and Tim, at theholyghostnotes.com. That's easier for you. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, drop us a, a rating real quick. That's real helpful. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that, Good that about stuff, wraps it up. Good brother. Yeah. Thanks for listening, and uh, thank you, Tim. Yeah, thanks, man. Have a good day. See you guys. Peace.